Are you a single mom who worries that you're messing up your kids? Do you feel like life is a constant struggle? Do you have big dreams and know that you were meant for more, but in your day-to-day life, you feel like you just don't have enough time to move forward with what you want? If this is you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jordan Rios, author, life coach, blogger, overcomer, and single mom of seven kids. This is the Thriving Single Moms Podcast. the Thriving Single Moms podcast. I am your host, Jordan Rios, and this week I'm doing a very special episode, and this is going to be my birth story for baby number seven, baby Hezekiah, who was born on November 19th, 2023, and so he is now, as of this recording, he is nine days old. And I'm just over the moon, head over heels in love with him. He is so precious. And I just can't wait to share his birth story with you and how I've been doing in this first little over a week postpartum. And not sure how long this episode will be. We'll just have to wait and see. I'm sitting on my back porch right now. My kids are at school and my older kids are at school. Hezekiah just got done nursing and is down for a nap. So I'm sitting on my back porch just enjoying the crisp fall air and the sunshine with a cup of coffee. And so, yeah, just living up the postpartum life. But I just want to kind of dive in and share my birth story with you and share a few other things that um, are on my heart. But um, just to give you some background about me in case you haven't tuned in before, in case this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast... I am a single mom of now seven kids. Um, My oldest daughter is just about to turn 10. And then, of course, I have a brand newborn. And I have three girls and four boys. And I am just all about empowering single moms to pursue their dreams and their goals and not let anything stand in their way and kicking to the curb the narrative that single mom life has to be hard life, that our children come from broken homes, that we don't deserve what we um, what we want. And I'm just about just destroying that com- that narrative completely because the single mom life can be a life of incredible, intense abundance. I know that firsthand. And we single moms are just a group of badasses, quite frankly. And I'm just really excited because this this birth experience was actually my first birth experience as a single mom all of my other births um I was not a single mom I was married to my kid's dad and so this was very different but it was very very empowered um just to give you a little bit of background on my other kids um so I had a c-section with my oldest daughter in 2013 I was in labor with her for 22 hours I was dilated to 10 centimeters and then had to have a c-section so got the best of both worlds with her definitely I joke with her 
Um, after my C-section with her, I got pregnant very quickly right away. I was pregnant again by the time she was five months old. So my two oldest daughters are only 14 months apart. And I was determined that I was not having another C-section. And I called different doctors to ask about having a VBAC, which if you don't know is vaginal birth after cesarean. And those doctors were all, most of the doctors were like, no, it's not been long enough since your last C-section. But I finally found one in a hospital that would allow me to try for a VBAC. And I, in 2015, I got my first successful unmedicated VBAC with my second daughter, Annalise. And it was just such an empowering experience. And then from that point on, I just became a birth nerd. I love learning about all things birth and pregnancy and postpartum and all those things. Um, I then had a baby every one to two years for the next couple of years. And I have ne I never did have to have another C-section. I have, thank goodness, I've just been very, very blessed. And so I, ha I have now had six VBACs. This is my sixth VBAC. And, you know, just all kinds of different experiences. I had one home birth in 2020, my son Andrew. And um, so that's just kind of some background information. And, you know, people ask me all the time, well, why do you have so many kids? And I always answer, I always wanted a big family. And here I am now living my dream. I have my big family. And I just love raising them. I love being their mom. And they are just wonderful little human beings. And so, okay, so now that I've given you some background information, let me just tell you how this all happened. So I was 39 weeks. I took an early maternity leave from my day job. And I was at home on the night, on the 18th, actually, and went to the bathroom that evening. I had just gone to the park, taken my kids to the park so that we could meet up with a family that was going to help me with childcare um, during the time that I'm in the hospital having Hezekiah. And as soon as I got home, I went to the bathroom and discovered that I had bloody show, which for me indicates that in the past has always indicated that labor is imminent. Like within the next 24 hours, I'm going to be having a baby. So I was so excited because by this point, by my third trimester, by my ninth month of pregnancy, you know, for the last week or so, I'd been just anxious. Like when is this, as soon as I hit full term, it's like, okay, come on, baby. Mommy doesn't feel good. Anytime you want to come is fine with me. You know, I was Googling. I didn't really try a lot of things to get my body ready like I have in the past with other pregnancies but I just I was I was at peace with whenever with whenever he decided to come he could come but at the same time I wasn't feeling well so I was just kind of like okay you know you can come and so anyway so I uh, had the bloody show I told my kids I said pack your bags it's gonna be time to go soon and my older four kids who are all school age were gonna be staying with my mom and um, my younger two boys were going to be staying with a friend. And so I went ahead and called my mom, asked her to come pick up the older four, and she did. So when I stayed at home that night, I just had my two little boys, and I, was, I didn't know when contractions were going to start. I was having a few, but not like active labor contractions. So I was just waiting. I got a good night's rest. Contractions did not start right away. And then the next day, around 10 in the morning, I started having contractions that were so painful I couldn't talk through them so I knew I was on my way to having a baby that day the 19th that Sunday so I texted the family who was going to take care of Jeremiah and Andrew my two little ones and I texted my aunt who was going to be driving me to the hospital and staying with me during labor and delivery and I just relaxed. I just started cleaning the house a little bit. I took Jeremiah and Andrew to the family that they were going to be staying with. And my aunt came over and we just kind of started hanging out, cleaning the house. I called my sister to update her. 
And pretty soon, by 2 o'clock, contractions started being about two to two to four minutes apart and they were and they never slowed down they got they started getting more intense and closer together so by five o'clock I told my aunt I said I think I'm ready to go to the hospital so we grabbed all our thing all my things put some sheets in her van in case my water broke I had a feeling it wasn't going to break because my water usually doesn't break until the very end then we headed to the hospital and got checked in, and I told the the midwife at the hospital who was going to be delivering when she was getting ready to check for dilation, I said, I think I'm at five or six centimeters. That's my guess. And she said, yep, you're right. You're at five centimeters, 90% effaced, uh, station negative two, and we just went on back, and um, I started laboring in the delivery room. And I told the, she asked me if I had any specific requests for my labor and delivery experience. I said, I only have one. I said, I do not want to push laying flat on my back. And I've had that experience before. It's just so uncomfortable. It's so painful. It's not empowering at all to lay flat on my back to push. With other kids, I, with my other some of my other kids, I did that. She said, honey, you can sit on the edge of the bed. You can even stand up and squat and I'll catch him behind you and hand him to you. And I, that thought had never occurred to me. So I said, that option of standing and squatting actually sounds pretty cool. Let's do that when it gets to that point. So once they got me checked in, I started walking around the room. And of course, no epidural, no pain medications. That's how I roll. That's empowering to me. That feels good to me. So contractions continuing to get more painful. I bounced on the birthing ball for quite a long time and just chit-chatted with, between contractions, chit-chatted with the nurses and the midwife and my aunt. And I said at one point, I remember sitting on the birthing ball and I said, I think on-call births are so cool. And before I go any further, let me explain what an on-call birth is. On-call is a French word. It's spelled E-N-C-A-U-L, on-call. And it means that the baby is born in the amniotic sac. Like the amniotic sac is fully intact. Basically, your water never broke. Your baby is born in the bag of waters. It's an extremely rare birth. Only 1 in 80,000 births are on-call births. And so I've seen, I'd seen pictures of on-call births on social media for other people and I was like oh that's the coolest thing if I had a, a baby born on call I would have to take lots and lots of pictures before you know they burst the bag of waters and so anyway I just made that comment and then when I started feeling the urge to push I got up and I stood beside the bed and the midwife was sitting right behind me on a stool and I started bearing down to push and just really pushing hard and the pain's getting so much more intense and I'm usually really calm during labor, during labor and transition. And then at the very end, when the baby's getting ready to come out, I freak out. I just lose it. And that's what I did this time, too. Even in this new, this position, even though it was a great position to labor and birth in, it was still, you know, extremely painful. So I get to the very end, and I'm squatting, and I'm pushing, and the midwife's behind me, and I'm dropping F-bombs, <laughs> and I'm screaming, I can't do this, I'm so scared, and they're like, Jordan, just push, just breathe and push, your baby's going to be here in a few minutes, and as soon as the baby started coming out, the nurse said, the midwife said to me, she said, he was born on call, just like you wanted, and I was so ecstatic. I was like, how in the world did that happen? I really, I mean, it, it was just so crazy. It was the first on-call birth any of the nurses had ever seen in their careers because it's so rare. And so she caught him beneath me and then handed him up through my legs um, to me so I could hold him. And then they peeled the amniotic sac off of him. And I got it all on video, got lots of pictures. And it was perfect. He was born at 8.46 p.m., 
So I was in labor a little over six hours and it was just it was just absolutely perfect absolutely wonderful he was seven pounds one ounce 19 inches long um everyone says he looks like his big brother jeremiah who is two years old and i just i just i just can't say how thankful i was to have such an empowering birth experience he started nursing right away nursing like a champ i was able to come home 24 hours later and his all of his siblings got to meet him and they're just all in love. My daughter, Annalise, has been wearing him in the wrap. And she's my baby whisperer. So she's eight. And she has just, it's a fight to let anyone else hold him because of how much she loves him and wants to hold him. And everyone loves him. Everyone wants to hold him. But she's my, she's always been my little mini mommy. My older kids have been extremely helpful. They've been helping with cooking and cleaning and corralling the other kids, even without me asking them. And I just told some of my friends, I said, I've waited for this stage of parenting for a long time where my older kids are old enough that they can help me. And I'm thankful that they want to help me, that they don't complain about helping me, that they don't even wait for me to ask them to help me. And I'm just so blessed to have such a good relationship with my all of my kids, but especially my older two girls. They've just been amazing. And so, yeah, we went to Thanksgiving with my family, and we just have been loving it so far. And I just I just really wanted to take a podcast episode and dedicate it just to telling this empowering birth story. And just in closing, I just want to share with you, um, you know, I mean, I became a single mom while I was pregnant with him. I mean, I just, I mean, I separated from my husband when I was three months pregnant, and I didn't know I didn't know how things were going to turn out, but I did the right thing. I did what I knew was right for me in my heart. And that was, you know, over six months ago now. And I'm just floored with how everything has turned out in my life, with how even though it's such a hard decision to leave a marriage or leave a relationship with someone that you have kids with, you know, we can trust ourselves. We as women can trust ourselves to know that we are doing the right thing at the right time. And we can trust knowing that all of our needs will be met, even though life will at times will not be easy, that we will face loneliness, we will face hardship. We can do it. We can handle it. We can handle everything. And it's when we get out of our own way and stop um, buying into society's narrative of who we are as single moms that we can experience magic. We can experience absolute magic in our lives. And all of the th- and we can also rest in knowing that everything that happens to us and that everything we do is bringing us closer in alignment to our destinies. That we are living in alignment with our purpose and that even when hard, unexpected, unfathomable things come up and we're not sure what's going to happen next, we're not sure when our needs are going to be met, we know that they will. And when we rest in that, when we place our trust in that truth, and when we begin to trust ourselves and to take action on that trust in ourselves and trust our intuition, we begin to see things shift and things change. And I just want to leave you with that. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week. I'm going to record another podcast episode later in the week to launch on Friday. So stay tuned for that. And I'm so thankful for you. I wish you a very, um, very good day. Have a good, um, have a good one. I will Thanks talk to for you listening. If this episode has been impactful and meaningful to you, would you please leave me an honest review on whatever platform you're listening on? These reviews help me to reach even more single moms and I take the time to read every single one. Thank you. And as always, choose your destiny and live it.